Yeah. A room. Well, you probably share too. Yeah, you don't want to share a room with another man? No. I guess if he'd leave you alone. <laughs> I had a roommate. <laughs> yeah. As long as he didn't try to treat me like one of his women. As long as he wasn't yeah. bogs. Yeah. Oh, well, man. Once was on a job site with a guy, a carpet layer, who had been in prison. And I asked him about that. Does like, that really happen? And you, it's, where he slept was a, a big room with cots all the way around. You know, oh. with, so like 10 guys in it or something? I don't know how many guys, but he said what you want to do is sleep on the inside against the wall. Right. To keep your back door safe. Oh. Really? I mean, so this true? When you sent that, uh, oh, I forgot our coasters. When you sent that YouTube video, the hidden meaning in Shawshank, I was like, thinking in my head, don't drop the soap. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They didn't. So he wasn't. I've never seen. Have you seen Escape from Alcatraz? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So apparently, there's a an old man like Brooks in there that feeds a mouse. Is that right? <sighs> Brooks feeds Jake. Yeah. There's no. There was no audio in the comparing. The well, two. The, mo- the mouse feeding is the Green Mile. But there, wa- there was. Which is also a Frank Darabont movie. Well, there right. was a Birdman from Alcatraz. I think there was Bird a Birdman. Man. No, I'll send it after podcast. It was just interesting. It made me want to watch yeah. it. It is very good. Uh, write down why do we like prison movies, or I think most people do. And I wrote down some, like uh, The Count of Monte Cristo. Yeah. And uh, Brubaker. You said Robert Redford earlier. Have you seen that? No. And he was in The Last Castle. Both. He's in two prison movies. And then I wrote down The Great Escape, The Green Mile, Escape from Alcatraz, Cool Hand Luke. You know, there's all these prison movies. Prison Mike. <laughs> prison Mike. <laughs> we were talking about Prison Mike yesterday. Oh. Best character ever. <laughs> that the mentors are going to get you. <laughs> I don't think you understand Prison Mike. <laughs> yeah, the Dementors. Uh, why, why do we like prison movies? It's kind of like last time. Why do yeah. we like mobsters movies, gangster mm-hmm. movies? I always find prison movies, like, it's an interesting dynamic, because in every prison movie, the you're sympathetic towards the inmates, and you hate all the guards. Yeah, it's and, and true. It's like, it's like a reversal of the way that things really are. It should like, be, right. Yeah, because if you watch a prison movie, it ought to be, you ought to be sympathetic toward the law-abiding men with jobs, and despising the criminals who are there for murder or rape <laughs> yeah but you start to fall in love with the criminal and the, the stories are written to do that it's interesting yeah yeah this one definitely was that way mm-hmm. well they're, they're all criminals just some carried guns right and yeah yeah I think we all have the innate, innate desire to be free of I mean, like Paul said, who will deliver me from this body of death? Even as Christians, we have a desire to be set free of the sin that we still, that still entangles us. And I suppose as a non-believer, I don't know what they would want to be. Probably similar stuff, 
they know they want to be free of what oppresses them. Hmm. Yeah, I've not thought about why. Maybe all the stories that are told through prisons are really well done, too. Green Mile was good. Yeah. <clears throat> what was that he was pointing out? What was the black dude's name, the Christ figure in Green Mile? B- John uh, Coffee. JC and AD. Oh. oh, Andy Dufresne. Yeah. I don't know if Stephen King had that in mind. If he meant that or not. I he might have with John Coffee, but because he was like the sin eater, he would take other people's problems. Was it, but Andy was the Christ figure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's the hard part for me, like, when I watch some of these guys, and it's just like, oh, okay. Like, <clears throat> but that's what we're here for. I know. The glory of God and stories of man. Even, right. we had this discussion, right? Even when they don't know they're doing it. Yeah. They're still doing it. Right. They can't help it. Yeah. What movie are we talking about? I think everybody knows by now. The, Sh- the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, I thought we were talking about Princess Bride. Oh. That's next week. I did write in my notes in the beginning of the, the movie that uh, we could probably get on this about the corrupt nature of the judicial system. Mm. But maybe that's after we talk about the movie. But I wrote that prison is like a monastery for the wicked. Mm-hmm. And, what do, and we all know this, right? What do, what do criminals learn in prison? How to be better criminals. Yeah, they they just take what they learned on the streets and... Or they learn from each other. From each other. Yeah, it's, so it's like a monastery. Rather than for sanctification, it's for depravity. Hmm. And they have their liturgy. They have their strict meals. They have everything. Mm-hmm. Well, at least back then. Now prisons are a bit different. Now prisons are like a, a free hotel and you get what you want. Right. Yeah. You know, they're strict, rigorous. The proper term, I think, is correctional facility. Oh, (laughs) now, right. We're going to talk about that tomorrow night at church, actually, the difference between corrections and punishment. A correctional facility for life? A correctional facility. Well, that's that's like the hallmark of a a nanny state. Rather than bearing the sword, they try to bear the rod Mm. because their parents didn't. Because their parents failed to? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When justice bears a sword, correction bears a rod. But that's we can talk about that later. <laughs> so yeah, Shawshank Redemption. I think everybody knows about it. Came out in 1994. Uh, Who directed it? Frank Darabont. Frank Darabont. He's done. What else did he do? He did The Green Mile, which was another Stephen King. He did The Mist. Which was another Stephen King story. Um, I think he was involved with The Walking Dead. Hmm. What else did he do? No idea. That's, uh, yeah. that's all I can remember. <clears throat> I'm looking him up right now. Okay, you look him up while I talk about what the movie's about. A man, Andy Dufresne. The opening sequence just tells so much story. That was a really good opening. Mm-hmm. Uh, his wife is cheating on him. The movie begins that way, and he's outside where the lovers are trysting. And he's drinking some whiskey and has a thirty-eight revolver. And then the next scene is him in court um, being accused of murder, double murder, double homicide. 
and he's claiming his innocence. And then he gets sent to prison for life. Or did the judge say twice for both yeah. the people you've killed? Or something? Mm-hmm. Two life terms. Which, of course, in a just society, he'd be executed. We could talk about that, too. Mm. Thankfully, he wasn't. Because mm-hmm. he was innocent. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that. Talk about in a just society, he would be executed. Even though God and his sovereignty knows he's innocent. But the witnesses don't. Yeah. But we, we can talk about that. Because even in Israel's law, you could, you could still be found guilty, even though you're innocent. The human law courts aren't always perfect. But then he's sentenced to Shawshank Prison, where he meets an Irishman named Red, who's Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And it's uh, his prison escape. There. But there's so much more. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a pretty quick summary. Well, uh, yeah, that is it, isn't it? It's almost, you don't, throughout the movie, though, you don't expect him to escape. No, he kind of settles into the fact that this is where I'm going to spend the rest of my life, and I'm going to make the most of it. Yeah, in most prison movies, you know, the, the quote-unquote good guy, throughout the movie you see him plotting and planning and learning when the guards change shifts and how to sneak things in and out of the laundry, you know, and he's making some something that he has to hide in his cell, all part of his plan of escape, and it builds up to the moment of escape. And this one is, without having seen it before, there's no indication that he's going to escape. Mm-hmm. But when you look back on the movie, you go, oh, <laughs> there it all is. Because mm-hmm. it even shows you all the clues that were left in the film Yeah, about his escape. It's kind of like the sixth sense in that way. You just don't expect it. It's not clear how long he had the means to escape, how long that his tunnel or whatever had been dug. 29 years it took him, right? Uh, 27 or 29 or, yeah, like over 20 years. Yeah, a long time. He was in for 29, but I don't remember. Maybe it was four or five years in when he started digging, when he asked for that rock hammer. So maybe 25 years. But... Did he escape the night he finished the tunnel? Oh. Or was it done? Right. And then what pushed him to escape was the warden. Right. Right. Did he hesitate and wait because there was a chance of him being proven innocent? Yeah. With Tommy's witness? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he seemed resigned or content to stay there. But it was clear he was making other arrangements the whole time. Yeah, the whole time he doesn't he doesn't seem like he loses hope until he comes back from the the hole for two months. Killed Tommy, and that's when like it's, this story kind of shifts. It's like, what's he gonna do now? Yeah, it's his light. He's gonna kill himself. It's like his light goes out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a kind of remind me a little bit of like a Joseph story, as far as just he's in prison for unjust reasons, and he's making the most of it. You know, he's befriending with the butcher and the baker. Like mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. got friends. He's trying to better everything that he puts his hand to the plow to. It becomes better. Uh, yeah, he even gets the sisters disbanded. Yeah. <laughs> right. A little, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he gives the his friends gifts 
when they were working on the roof. And they're mm-hmm. after working hard and sitting in the sunset drinking a beer, they felt like lords of creation. Mm-hmm. Like Andy gave them that gift. And again, you're like, oh wow, that's really that's really cool. And you're like, but they're all murderers. <laughs> that was always in the back of my mind, like, man, good for you guys. Wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. You kind of you almost forget that. Even mm-hmm. what was what was Brooks? It was Brooks a murderer too. Yeah. Yeah. Because you, you almost become endeared to their characters. Right. Which we talked about this with the Green Mile. How but we did it with well in that movie it was only Percy who you despised right. you liked most of the inmates and the guards mm-hmm. and what was Tom Hanks's character's name I don't remember Captain they call him boss what, I, yeah. that's what John Coffey called him but but anyway we talked about the the respect that the captain of the guard showed to the inmates kind of brought them up out of their out of their depravity hmm Show, you know, honoring the image brings them up, and Andy kind of does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, enculturates them with a, a library and opera. Right, teaches them to read. So when they get out, they can have a job. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Rehabilitated. <gasps> Andy is the corrections officer. He even helps the uh, Captain Hadley, the hardest screw who ever turned at Shawshank. Uh, was it $35,000? $50,000? Because in 1949, the IRS took a death tax. Which they don't, is they don't today? No, they do. Oh, yeah. was, okay. But then Andy tells him, you know, if you trust your wife, <laughs> which is, that's a funny way to start a conversation. <laughs> And uh, he gets to keep, he can keep the whole thing because I thought, thought this was humorous. The IRS allows a one-time gift. Aren't they so generous, Greg? Yeah. yeah they, right. they allow you once yeah. to give a gift to your spouse, <laughs> tax-free. But anytime after that, then they get Maybe. a cut. Yeah. Then yeah, it's they're... no longer a gift. Oh, our, our masters are so gracious to us. Yeah. <laughs> and this was back in 1949. Oh, goodness. Hmm. Yeah. What was Hadley? Hadley? That was his name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was pretty. He was a pretty wicked dude. Yeah. Yeah. When they took bets to see who the first newbie fish or whatever. Who who the first newborn babe to squeal? They come in naked as the day they were born, as Morgan says. Yeah. Yeah, it's the first one to cry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he just pummels him to death. To death, yeah. Yeah, we say his brain was swollen, and they left him overnight because the doctor already went home. That's some good compassion, I suppose. Yeah, we don't know what that guy did. You wonder, I mean, that would not probably fly in today's judicial system, I would assume. Obviously, they'd probably have 24 by 7 doctors on yeah, there's probably sight, but right, yeah. and cameras everywhere. Right, there are no cameras anywhere then. Well, if they work, okay. sometimes they may. Sometimes Epstein didn't hang himself. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <clears throat> yeah, because I assume back then you could just say the we found him this way. The inmates 
mm-hmm. right? Beat him up or something. Hmm. But it's sort of like a mob movie too, because they have their own rules. You know, they have they even have their own uh, like marketplace. There's red and mm-hmm. a couple other dealers that you work through, and they take their take their tax off the top, and they have their own code. And is it, you know, if you get caught with this uh, rock hammer, I don't know you, and we've never we'll never do business again. You know, there's this whole whole underground system outside the system. Excuse me, outside the system. And when Andy asked for the rock hammer, and he said, oh, "How about ten dollars?" You know, because it's like seven at the hobby shop or something. And I was like, and I was thinking in my head, where do they get money? Right, where do they get money and what are they going to... And then, like, when they toss his cell, Andy's cell, and there's just stuff everywhere. You know, like, if I was the warden, I'd walk in and be like, where do you get all this stuff? Because, <laughs> right, you know, just all that paraphernalia, all the all that extra stuff, it's like, you've got crooked guards. Right. You know, like, you've got a problem. Well, I mean, he's crooked himself, but if I was the warden... I would, I'd be seeking to put an end to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But nobody seems to care. <laughs> where, where do you get all these things? Hmm, yeah. I mean, maybe they got some type of income. Yeah, because they were working in the wood factory. Yeah. They worked the plate factory. They roofed the... They roofed that building. They were lumbering trees. But I don't know if they get... If they got paid for that back then, or if it was just enforced labor. Yeah, that is interesting. How how money in the prison system? What's the point? <laughs> yeah, because they they do it in dollars with the guards, but then among themselves, their currency is cigarettes. Right. So so yeah, maybe maybe just to pay off guards. Uh yeah. Yeah, what'd you think about the warden? Mr. Norton. <clears throat> Mr. Norton. That guy Norton. played a good villain. Mm-hmm. Whatever his name is. But in the beginning, you have high hopes because he has a cross on his jacket. And, mm-hmm. You know, and he's he seems very righteous at first. Right. Yeah. He said, what were the two rules? Or was there only one rule? Two rules. But one of them was no blasphemy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But it's also a movie, and Christians are always the bad guys. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's the worst. Yeah. Yeah, the only guy that's open, openly religious in the movie is the bad one. They're the worst one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's why it's always hard. And again, going back to, I get it, they can't help but tell the story, but it's like the director and the author are specifically trying to call out that this man is wicked mm-hmm. and he's a Christian and he's a Christian yeah and look at Red over here and Andy like these are good men or mm-hmm. yeah yeah so in the if Andy is the Christ figure would that make Norton the Pharisee right so he's mm-hmm. the one he's a hypocrite mm-hmm. so he, he knows God's word he quotes God's word and behind the scenes all he does is break it so we would agree with Stephen King on his portrayal of that. Of the Pharisees? Yeah. yeah, and he turned a den of robber he, he into a he turned the den of robbers into a den of robbers. <laughs> <laughs> like he just kept it that way. Like we're all gonna do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then he's 
he he's the one who killed Tommy. Right? And the, the Pharisees are always plotting murder. Yeah. They want to even kill Lazarus. After Jesus... Imagine that. Like, Jesus raised this guy from the dead, and they're like, let's kill him. Like, Jesus just raised him from the dead. Do you really think... That, <laughs> like, that's your master plan, is to kill the guy that Jesus raised from the dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know what we can do to him. Let's kill him again. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Kind of like what we were talking about last night, too, at Bible study. Just a little bit. Just the yeah. power struggle. and yeah. It's great, though, because Andy gets his shoes. He plunders the strong man. He leaves, yeah, right. He leaves with the warden's clothes. Yep. And his treasure. And his treasure. Yeah. Did that YouTube video talk <laughs> and, about that? And the new birth. He's a new yeah. man on the outside. Yeah, he conquers the grave. Regeneration. And gets out of prison and conquers the grave. <laughs> He's a new man. What's I can't remember who his alias that he was just creating. With the Randall six, Stevens. Randall yeah. Stevens. You know, he comes out the, the birth canal. Oh, Randall the, Stevens. He's no longer... Andy, he's Randall, and he's hmm. got lots of money from the banks. Yeah, he plundered. He plundered the temple. Yeah, that, was, that stuff was interesting. That's right. He was a new person. He was, yeah. Hmm. You should, yeah. Well, I didn't pick up on any of it, but I watched <laughs> a YouTube video where they did. <laughs> and then he became uh, working on a boat, right? Yeah, he's fisherman yeah. on a boat, yeah. all dressed in white. Well, that, that video he sent was. Good, because it showed how Andy's new birth uh, and him plundering Norton and getting Captain Hadley arrested, right? So the, the strong man is bound. That's what gave Red hope. Mm-hmm. Something and, to follow, something to look yeah. to. And, and the, the YouTube video you sent me pointed it out, which was great, that in the movie, um, Andy's literally the only innocent man. Mm-hmm. And then... Red is the only one who acknowledges his guilt. He says, mm-hmm. I, I'm the only guilty man in Shawshank. And then when the innocent man is really, is, escapes, you know, gets out of death, and he becomes a new man and he gets the treasure and all that, then the guilty man has hope and he gets new life because of the gift of Andy. And I was like, yeah, that's... Yeah. And, and it, when he goes before the board, his uh, rehabilitation board... He shows repentance. You know, he's, he's, he's sorry for what he did, and if he could go back, he'd tell that young boy uh, otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's repentance of sin. After Andy gets out, Andy get, and then after repentance, he's set free, mm-hmm. and then he's given a new life. I was like, hey, that's, that's yeah. really good. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. That's what we should be doing on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but it was in a six-minute YouTube video. Yeah. He doesn't follow the path of Brooks to despair and death. He right. Goes and finds Andy, his savior, I guess. Yeah, man, why can't I see that stuff when I'm watching it? His, uh, I know, I know. Was it his friend who sticks closer than a brother? Mm hmm. I mean, that part, that stuff's, I think that's some of the neat stuff about the movie. And it is hard because they're criminals, they, they shouldn't even be there, but. The camaraderie, the friendship. Yeah, the loyalty. Mm-hmm, the loyalty, all that kind of stuff is... Like, those are Christian right. values. Yep. Yep, and but, part of watching the movie and being sympathetic with these guys. You know, I keep saying, yeah, but they're murderers. But we also have to recognize the system in which we live. You know, so if 
if someone is convicted of murder right now, and then they're repentant of their sin, their sin can be forgiven, and then they should thank God that they're not executed. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then live their life faithfully. Yeah. And yeah, so right now that's... You just, it's kind of like, you should, Christians should live their lives debt-free. But the system we live in, you, you know, unless, you're, makes, yeah. unless you already have the money, you have to have a mortgage. You, know I mean? you have to recognize the system you live in. Anyway. You live in a trailer or a tent. Well, you, like I, we looked in a, at a trailer park to buy one, a trailer for a trailer park when we moved out here. And over in Bozeman, this was eight years ago, they were like $150,000 or something. Now they're like five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. There's ways to do it. It's just the culture that we live in is makes it difficult. I mean, we've got we've got friends that have done it, are doing it, but living in a trailer. Well, just making it without a mortgage. Mm. But it's comes at a big commitment. Mm -hmm. A lot of. I couldn't do it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I was just—I was just saying, like, we, in the system we live in, if, if a guy like Red was truly repentant, you know, we shouldn't go, oh, oh, he, we missed yeah. our chance to execute him. Like, oh, well, good. Thank, you know, thank the Lord for the time, uh, patience, and grace, and all the rest. But, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Because I wasn't thinking all that often that there are murders. I got sucked into the story pretty quick. <laughs> I know. It's such a familiar story. Too. Oh, look at that, Brooks. He's feeding that Jake, uh, that bird. Look, what a nice old uh, man. I wish he was my grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I wish my grandpa was a murderer. <laughs> right. well, I think what makes it tricky, just like in the Green Mile, is you, you're not aware. You, you didn't witness that part of their lives. Right. Mm -hmm. You didn't see them commit the act. I mean, they're just characters. And they're all innocent. Everybody yeah. in there is innocent. Right. Except Red. That's that, right. Who's that guy uh, that Tommy met with? What was his name? The the guy that killed. Yeah, he's kind of like Billy the Kid in right. Green Just Mile. Right, kind of crazy and really mm, gross psychopath. But he, you know, he's on the screen for like thirty seconds, and it's just instant hatred. Yeah, and he's just so gross and despicable. And I thought, like you just said, I wish Brooks was my grandpa. Be like, oh yeah, Gra Grandpa was in a movie once. <laughs> like, really? What movie was Grandpa in? You know, oh, the Shawshank Redemption. Really? What scene was he in? <laughs> like, that's him. He's in the movie for 30 seconds, and he's terrible. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, there's Grandpa. There's Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. Talking about murdering people and stealing their money and raping women. And <laughs> but, like, just, like, just imagine being an actor, and your agent's like, I got you a part in a movie. <laughs> You're like, great, what is it? Oh, you're this guy. Oh, dang it. You're right. <laughs> I just wonder how those actors like come across those roles. It'd just be funny to, right. to sit in on that meeting. Yeah. We think you'd make a really good, really bad guy. Yeah. Psychopath, yeah. <laughs> or to be the, the agent, or to be the female actress whose agent says, I got a part for you. Oh, and you go, oh no. Oh. <laughs> every every female actress should say, oh no. What is it? No. It's, you got to play the part of a very portly. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, great. And you thought of me. You have to be the fat, ugly woman. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs>
but it's a big paycheck. You're right. Yeah. So what would you guys do with a month in the hole? Mm. I was watching that and I was like, I kind of might actually like it. <laughs> Think of all the rest and sleep you could catch up on. Well, I grow a beard. Probably smell. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do they still do that kind of stuff? Man, you. I mean, I know there's. I know there's isolation. I know there's isolation, but I don't know if it's deprivation. Like there was no light. Right. You know, he didn't know what time of the day it was. I mean, yeah. that's that's torture. Because what are they doing with the January six people? They put them in isolation, but isolation. Are you serious? What's that? A room? A room of your own? You just get a room of your own. Oh darn! With you get no, your own TV. Uh, well, I think Xbox. I think modern isolation is you, you don't get any human contact aside from whoever brings you food. Like you don't get free time. You're just in there. Mm. No Twitter. Yeah. No nothing. No technology. Just oh man! But human rights. Right. But I don't think it's like the like a deprivation chamber, like it was for Andy. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I saw the one in Deer Lodge. Did you ever visit Deer Lodge? Mm-mm. The original prison? The original prison. That was pretty cool. That was an interesting visit. But they let you go down in that hole. Hmm. It's, yeah. It's dark in there. It was a dark hole? Yeah, it's just a room kind of... It's... it's uh, there's this bigger room, like on the in the basement or something, but then there's a yellow wall with a door... And inside of there was whatever. Mm. It was the whole solitary confinement. Yeah, the whole. So, you, did you actually get to go into the? Mm-hmm. Did they shut the door behind you and laugh? And I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> I, don't yeah. I don't remember. But even you know, it's kind of dark down in that room, anyways. But then to go inside that, yeah, you know, it's just there. Right. I wonder if, like the one in Deer Lodge, the isolation. Unit chamber, if it had heating. You know, like, I don't know. Imagine like January oh, in man. Deer Lodge in the hole for two weeks without heat. You know, stuff like that. Yeah. I know uh, Fritz Erba, you guys heard of him? Uh-uh. He's the Anabaptist during the Reformation who mm. was in prison for not baptizing his kids. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he was lowered in a hole that was 40 feet down and left there for seven years until he died. With, with no heat, no nothing. Seven years? Just a hole? Like, how big was the hole? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how big the hole is at the bottom. But the hole at the top is like a manhole cover. You just, he just got lowered down. And he was left there for seven years because of his convictions on baptism. Wow. I don't know. If, could you do that? For seven years? Or, like, let someone down in a hole for not baptizing their kids? Either one. <laughs> yeah, either one. Well, no, I, yeah. Luther did, right? Yeah, it was during Luther's time. Luther was there. That's where I heard about about it was James White and Doug Wilson talking about it. I, what was that? Uh, on the Christendom? Yeah, their, whatever they call it, their dialogue. Yes, on Christendom. Is, yeah, that's probably why Baptists don't like Presbyterians. or James White's point, I think, was, do you want to go there? Because Luther, <laughs> a person that we love and admire, approved of this. He knew that guy was down in the hole, and he approved of it. I, I would say that if 
let's say the roles were reversed and I was the Presbyterian pastor who got put in a hole for baptizing my kids for seven years before I died, I would gladly take that over a generation of aborting babies. Right? If that is the one example of Christendom that you hold against me, mm. <laughs> like, well, if, if, if this was Christendom again, look what happened to Fritz Erba. But look what we're doing without it. Mm. You know, it was it how many babies have been murdered in our nation in the last 40 years? Quite a few. And like, Millions. Oh, yeah, but when, the, when Christians were running things, the thing with Fritz Erba happened. It yeah, sure did. Right. Right? Like, well, okay, put it on a scale. Yeah. How much more blood do you want on your hands? Yeah, I think I, I listened. I listened to the one where he was talking with, um, oh, who's the guy that did the Bonhoeffer? Uh, Metaxas. Metaxas. Mm-hmm. Him and Doug did a this. talk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was oh. talking about the Spanish Inquisition. Oh, really? yeah, that's a blight on Christendom. It's mm-hmm. a blight. But it's... Who said it's that? Like he's Metaxas like, said that or Doug? Doug did, but he said, and... Over the course of the however, however many years, you know, the twenty five hundred people that were killed during the Spanish Inquisition, mm-hmm. that he was like that was Mussolini on a or Hitler, Stalin, Stalin on an afternoon, on an afternoon. Or yeah. yeah, like yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, yeah, I remember those kind. Of, Bonson made the same kind of arguments against his detractors, you know, about theonomy. Well, when the church when the church runs things, which is not what theonomy means. But when the church runs things, you get the same witch trials. And I remember Bonson's like, and when secular humanism runs things, you get Hitler. Right. You get Stalin. You get Pol Pot. You know, like, <laughs> yes, Christians hang 12 women once in Salem. <laughs> you know, but your guys killed 12 million. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. It's like they expect that... Uh, in that whole Christian national conversation that all of a sudden it's just going to be a, a sinless environment. Oh, it's like, yeah. no. And I remember you know that Christians are still going to make bad decisions at times. It's going to happen. We're falling. But. And I remember like Bonson when he would debate people like that and then he would say and in your worldview tell me why hanging 12 witches is wrong. <laughs> you know they can't. Yeah. <laughs> Which is always the Bonson thing. Quit borrowing from my worldview unless you want to become a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's good. Those are good debates. Those are fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I'll have to listen to the Metaxas and Christendom thing. He sounded like a Doug fanboy. Oh, man. Yeah. He was. You already listened to it, too? Yeah. Why don't you guys send me these things? It's on the canon app. It's on app. the canon app. Well, I'm not, I'm not on the canon app every day. What? <laughs> Sometimes be. when I run out of things to listen to, I'm like, oh, what's on well, the I guess app? Did it give like a note? I have my notifications off on everything. I know. I just no, uh, no. I just check it every now and then. I was like, oh, that's a new one. That that looks oh, yeah. interesting. I like Metaxas too. His book on Luther was great, but he didn't bring up Fritz Erba in the book. Hmm. Hmm. Oh no, I'm sorry. His book on Bonhoeffer's great. I was thinking Luther. Yeah. Yeah. Bean farmer. Anyway, back to the movie. The whole. Okay. Oh, That's yeah. That's where we were. It would suck. Uh, go in the hole for two months. Yeah, that would suck. Just for insulting man. That, that guy had some serious pride. The warden? Yeah. Yeah. Being called obtuse. Just hard headed. <laughs> Why are you being so hard headed? <laughs> two months! <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, it's a good. You know, we talk about like Stephen King, not a Christian, and yet 
he can tell a story like the Green Mile or this one. Mm-hmm. And it's just filled with a bunch of Christian themes, like the money is the root of all evil. You know, money in Norton's mind and heart led him to murder Tommy, condemn an innocent man, mm-hmm. you know, which wow. again is pharisaical. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's what they do. But it all stems from his love of money. He's even taken the jobs of hardworking men away from them by forcing his prisoners to, to work. You know, he's just, he's just a thief through and through. Mm-hmm. And then another, like Tommy, the young kid, who was in and out of prison since he was, what, 15 or something, I said. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> but then he wanted to learn how to read and write so he could get his GED or whatever. Because he has a, a wife and a kid now. And I was like, yep, that's women uh, direct men's energy. Mm-hmm. And when you, have, when you have a society well, like ours, where it's not um, a presupposition that a man will find a woman and stay with her forever, <laughs> when it's all just uh, unconstrained, you have all of the energy of youth being spent in every direction. And also harmfully. But when a woman comes along and you're faithful to her and she's faithful to you, it directs that energy. Mm. So, and that's what happened to Tommy. Yeah. Like a, a bomb versus internal combustion engine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you or, you know, the, the fire of youth is a very powerful thing, but it belongs in a fireplace. <laughs> not, on the, not on the living room floor. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so the, the fire of a man can be constrained and directed by the love of a woman. Yeah. So there's just all sorts of good stuff in the story like that. Yeah, like that mm-hmm. scene when he was Tommy was bragging up or just talking about how he's been in and out of prisons, you know, for since he was a kid. And I think Andy's just like <laughs> sounds like you should try find a new profession right yeah it's up to Shasha which is great <laughs> yeah and then he comes to Andy and says hey I want you to teach me how to read to take this test yeah I don't help losers <laughs> and like that that's like a what young men are looking for in like Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. they want to be talked to that way <laughs> right you know they, they need a father figure yeah someone to set them straight right yeah What about um, uh, when he's with the Bible, the Bible scenes? The Bible's in it a lot. Salvation lies within. Salvation lies Literally and literally. (laughs) Right? Like, I think when Stephen King wrote it, he's probably like, hee, 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 you Christians. Like, I'm putting a rock hammer in here, which is also (laughs) rock hammer, you know, which is also humorous. The word is the rock, and it's also in the book of Jeremiah, a hammer that breaks hearts. But then, literally, there is salvation in the Word. Yeah. On the pages. Mm-hmm. So, the symbolism works all sorts of ways with this one. Really well. And, uh, and I love that he put it in the safe. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, it's just, yeah, the, the irony. Yeah, the irony of it all. He put what in the safe? The Bible. The Bible with the rock hammer. Or the cutout. Because he, he took the financial book oh. and replaced it with the Bible. Oh. Because he had to put something in there that looked black leather book. Oh, 
Because he was cooking all the books. Mm-hmm. And then he tucked it in his pants and pulled the Bible out and put the Bible in there. And behind the what was what the sign say something about justice coming quickly. Yeah, uh, thy judgment cometh quickly or something. Yeah, he like when he finds out and he look, or he's reading the the paper and he looks up at the, I can't. Yeah, he read here's the, here's the sirens. Here's the sirens. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and then yeah, he takes his own life. Yeah, he's kind of like Saul too. He just keeps disobeying and disobeying and disobeying mm-hmm. until finally he kills himself. And disobedience leads you there. All those who hate me love death, right? Mm-hmm. So who's uh, who's your favorite character? Andy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would, that's what I would say, too. He just There's just a lot to like about him. Yeah. I mean, get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah. I mean, he's been tossed just the hardest of circumstances, and he does good with it right finds beauty in music and just that's a great scene when he's yeah. going through all those records that he's received and he find obviously he's a cultured man because he picks out I don't know, it's Mozart or who it was mm-hmm. but some Italian opera mm-hmm. just yeah plays it for all the men and that's just a great scene too all the, the whole just yard stop. just stops and they're all like and that's like a mm-hmm. I remember re- I tried to find it because one of our guys in the CRE, I'm pretty sure, wrote an article about that scene. And I don't know music well enough. But he, he knows that piece of music and what they were saying. Oh. And it relates to what was happening oh. in the yard. But one of the points... I tried, I tried to find it while I was watching the movie. Mm. I didn't try too hard, but mm. I could probably find it. But he's also talking in that article about the power of music. Mm-hmm. And how music is also a unifier of people right and it's like and and in the article that i forget who it was but he's writing about how uh music is the unifier of the church hmm. and the power the power of worship and anyway it was just really good and that scene portrays that the power of music and it's ability and he even says when he's in the hole for what two weeks for that that it was the easiest time he's ever spent yeah because the music was with him the music was yeah and you think paul what does Paul do when he's in prison? Him and, him and Timothy and Silas are singing psalms. Yep. Right? And it's, yeah. it's easy time spent when you have the music of God. Yep. So I really like that scene too. That's great. Yeah, and he's operating. I mean, <laughs> in some ways he's operating, even though he's within the prison system, he's operating as a free man. And it's things like right. that that he doesn't give up on. Right. You lose it for a season or a period yeah. of time. It is in that way, like a Joseph. Because mm-hmm. Joseph, when he was in prison, excelled as a prisoner and was given responsibility. Yeah. And same thing with Andy. Yeah. Right. But yeah, that, that, that's why I think Andy was my favorite. Just he's just got so many good qualities about him. And the music scene begins with the guard befriending him. Oh yeah. And then he goes, "Well, Andy, I need to pinch a loaf." <laughs> and we, my wife and I are watching that. She's like. Do you guys really say that? Used to. I haven't said it in a while. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, boys are so weird. Uh, yeah. I haven't said that. Yeah. You know, like, ladies, like, I need to go use the potty or the yeah. restroom. <laughs> you know? And we say things like, I need to go pinch a loaf. Yeah. I got to go drop a bomb. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, too. In Sorry, the- bro. I'm going to go blow up the bathroom. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, 
Why would the warden be so? So maybe maybe you have thoughts on it. Why would they be so opposed to them playing music for the inmates? They don't want to give them anything. They they want to withhold it all. Yeah. Well, Red says that they put you in here for life, and that's exactly what they take. They take from you. Yeah. Yeah. They take your humanity away. Yeah. Which you forfeited as a murderer. Ah, man. We keep going back to that. <laughs> <laughs> The, the duet is about a woman planning to expose her husband's infidelity. Does that ring any bells? Mm-mm. No. Maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I misremembered the article. I don't know. But clearly, there was something going on there that mm-hmm. people are supposed to pick up on. Well, I right. guess if you're cultured so must enough. Have been something I didn't recognize the piece of music, and it's been a couple of years since I read that article, so I might be hmm. misremembering some of it. And so is that, is that uh, singing the praises of a praise and worship band up in front of church? Because nobody was singing along. Oh. Everyone was standing there watching. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, the, the parallel falls short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is your favorite Andy as well? Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. We can't all have the same. Well, you have to pick somebody different. Oh, I, I like Red. He seems like he would be a good friend. I could build a boat with Red. I mean, if I were Andy. Yeah. Good narrator. He's a good narrator. Yep, he is a good narrator. Mm. That's a voice that... Yep. Who's the other... Um... Uh, Boggs is my favorite. <laughs> he's like Percy. He's like Percy. You know, like you just hate him. Uh, every time you see him, yeah. Can you imagine being that actor? You're like, yeah. And you kind of go, really? I mean, really, Boggs. He's just like this little, like, like he's in a prison. These guys are a little angry redhead. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Imagine like Ugh. the thing I don't understand about it, if this is common in prisons. Say there's four or five of these sisters. There's like 150 other men. Right. Like, okay, guys. Let's go teach him a lesson. It's it's a hundred against five. Yeah. Let's just beat the crap out of him once. Oh, right. So you touch any of us again. Right. You know, like I don't understand why things like that don't happen. But they maybe they, maybe they do. They won't happen anymore because the sisters will just get put in the women's prison. Oh yeah. Just, <laughs> have you guys seen that? And, uh, yeah, all the pregnant ladies. Yeah, there's the men who identify as women get moved to the prison, women's prison, and now there's pregnant women everywhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the rise in pregnancies and. It's like what? <laughs> there should be. Well, no. used, I remember articles like that. You know, you you'd see one every few years. Yeah, the guard. And it was the guard. Yeah, <laughs> the guard and a, and a woman inmate. Oh. Yeah. One time I saw two dogs do it through a fence. It must be similar. <laughs> hmm. Sorry for that image. <laughs> oh, when, when when another piece of irony is when. Andy is pleading with the warden to take Tommy's testimony seriously. And he tells, pardon the the French, uh, he says, that's just a shitty pipe dream. And you go, oh! You know, like, uh, uh, how many times I've seen this movie and I didn't catch that until this time. Yeah. Because, yeah, the denial of the testimony of innocence (laughs) led him to 500 yards of raw sewage. (laughs) You know? Uh Yeah, and it was exactly that that pipe dream that was his freedom. Mm. Yep. We we haven't talked about the 
coming out of the pipe into the rain, being sprinkled on, I might add, uh-huh. for his baptism. After he was immersed? In poo. <laughs> Well, when he fell out of the pipe, he... No, he didn't go all the way under. His feet were still up. <laughs> getting ra- rained on, sprinkled on. <laughs> that was a, a good yeah, scene. Yeah, that was a great scene. I mean... Yeah, all the, the, and the symbolism of rain, and it's just good. When we were about halfway, three-quarters of the way through it, it was real late. And I told my wife, she, she was tired, so I was like, you can just go to bed. I'll finish it. And she said, no, I need to be emotionally satisfied. Because, of course, she knows what's coming. But she still, even though she knows it, she needs to see that scene. Yeah. Him coming out of the tube, you know, in freedom. Mm -hmm. She needs to see it. Yeah, it is great. Yeah, it's like probably one of the most popular scenes in film. Mm. Modern film. I was thinking those iron or steel pipes are pretty weak. He can bust through it in a couple hits with a rock. Well, he must have known what kind of rock he needed to do it with. You know, being yeah. like a, <clears throat> a, a, what do you call him? Geologist, mm. but just a mm-hmm. common one. Yeah. He must have known what kind of stone would be hard enough. I'd probably bring in there like a soapstone or a shale. <laughs> 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 yeah. And it's not, it's not real clear how long he sat there. As many lightning strikes and thunder yeah. bolt or thunder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah one, one, you know, a nighttime is a long time to be banging on something. But of the night of Andy's escape, when, you know, he's shine my shoes, you know, and take my clothes to the laundry and do all that. Uh, when the warden is walking out, did you notice what song he was whistling? Almighty Fortress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why that one? I don't remember that if he does that in the book. Well, Norton's not there at the end of the book, but I wonder why they chose a mighty fortress, or if they just asked him to whistle, and just his, you know, the actor—that's just what he chose. Well. Yeah, because a guy like Norton would know that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wonder and if they chose it on purpose. Hmm. Shawshank was this probably was supposed to be a impenetrable fortress that. But yeah, and I was thinking more like this body they may kill. Oh, you know, just like thinking through the lyrics mm. of a mighty fortress, mm-hmm. which is a, a lot of that song is about the attack on the innocent, you know, from the wiles of the devil. Mm. This world is de- filled with devils, yeah. and yet we will triumph still. <clears throat> and just moving through the motion of, of mighty fortress, although Andy never confesses faith or anything like that, but um, mm. it's an interesting choice yeah. of song to be <clears throat> whistling on the night. Of right. Andy's escape. There's, yeah. Of Andy's rebirth. Um, I'm finding it. I just saw it. What? What'd you see? The Mighty Fortress in trivia here. Oh. Trivia? <clears throat> yeah. Shawshank trivia? Yes. Well, it's under, uh, under IMDb. Oh, yeah, their trivia tab? I figured that'd take me too long to read through all of them. I'm sure this has a lot. I, I did think, um, <clears throat> was it Andy or Red who said, hope never dies? Was it Andy? Yeah, probably Andy. That sounds and, like something Andy would say. And I, and I was thinking, you know, the when you think about a, a story, and who's the story about? The story, I think, this one, you know, the story's about the one who changes the most, and that's Red. So 
Red is sort of the main character. Hmm. He goes through the most character change from despair to hope. Yeah. To freedom. Uh, anyway. So you think Red, Red won, because he changed the most, he's the, he was... The he's like the main character. Yeah. Interesting. Because even when Andy escapes from prison, you might think, and he walks away with all the money. Yeah. Deck, roll credits. Right. But it didn't. It went yeah, another yeah. 20 minutes to focus on Red. Yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of... That's a way to understand when you're watching a movie or reading a story. Yeah. The the person that goes... The main, most change. Yeah, the protagonist <laughs> is the one. The main protagonist is the one who goes through the most change. And if we're taking Andy as the Jesus figure, that places us in red. We we are him. Hmm. You know, we're, we're, we truly are the guilty ones. Yeah. You know, we need to repent of that, accept the treasure, you know, the gift of the of the free man, and follow him. Hmm. Um, yeah. So red is the main character of change. It just says he. He just whistles. Oh, yeah. No reason well, given. That's the trivia. He whistled that song. Oh, Martin right. Luther's signature hymn. Right. Ein Weisterberg. I don't know, unless he. Uh, being the Christian Pharisee, felt he was secure and in his own, you know, he felt he was secure. Yeah. I don't know. Well, like a Pharisee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting stuff. We obviously did. I mean, he's running a... Like a... Money market laundering yeah. scheme, yeah. And, and he's prison. murdering people. The, the only people that know about it are people that have no access to the outside world. Yeah, or would come off across as uh, untrustworthy anyway. Of course an inmate would accuse their guards of right something. Yeah. It's just the thing a criminal would do. Yeah. Yeah. You guys got anything else? No, it's really good. Nope, I don't have anything else. Um... I I liked there was I liked the um there's a p- couple good shots just with mm-hmm. the cinematography yeah. like in, when they're all standing up in the yard I liked at the start when at that point it wasn't a drone I'm sure now they just use drones but they're flying over Shawshank I don't mm-hmm. know they just it was just really well I mean yeah Darabont did a good job with the filming yeah I mean like the scenes you know in the warden safe. The camera is in the safe, you mm-hmm. know, so you see them put the items in and the door shut. Yeah. Like, if I was directing the movie, I'd just, <laughs> I'd just be watching the dude put it in and shut it. I wouldn't be thinking, you know what would be a cool place to put a camera? In in the safe. Yeah. Which, I'm sure that somebody know, who knows cinematography more than us would be able to tell us why they did it that way. Right. Like, yeah. what, what is the significance of having that viewpoint from the inside of a locked safe? Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, I thought Frank Darabont's movies I like. I like like the color scheme and the music and mm-hmm. just all the rest. He does a good job. Yeah. And for some reason, I'm I'm drawn to movies that are put in a past era. Yeah, that's yeah. Hmm. you know like the Green Mile. It's kind of romantic and iconic, like America. Yeah. You know, I kind of I like that. 1917. Oh, just brother, art thou? Greyhound. It's all just kind of yeah. Back in an idealized time, right? The Rocketeer. You guys seen? 
Oh, yeah, the rock, too. Mm -hmm. Just that kind of sepia-toned time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we talked about that in the Green Mile, too. Yeah, just the era. The The era in general, yeah. Who? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we're good. All right, Greg, do you want to give us a... Do you want to know what you gave the last movie? Nope. It was like six and a half or something. What was the last movie? Uh, the the rundown. Oh. <laughs> you gave that four no. four out of seven peck dances. Oh. See, I told you I needed to write it. This one, I th- I actually thought of a of a uh, score earlier. So. Okay. Six out of seven harmonicas is... Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's music being back music, music giving hope. Yeah. Did he... I was trying to think. Did he play it? He went... Once. And that was In it. the middle of the night. Yeah. They, he takes it with him when he leaves, though, doesn't he? Didn't they hand it to him? Or did he leave with it? I think so. I thought he did. Maybe I yeah. made that up in my mind. It was... I'm... Told Caleb last night, I'm, I want to expand my top five to top ten. Yeah. This is one of them? Yeah. Yeah. This is just fantastic story. Mm-hmm. It's just a very moving movie. Yep. Right. Yeah, and I think it's better than the book. Hmm. The book is like a, it's a novella, so they had to expand things. Oh. And I think it's real short. I mean, the novella's good. But the way that they told the story in the movie is just better. Yeah. Man, I, I'm like right there between an A and an A plus. I don't know if, I don't know if there's much I don't like about that movie. I mean, it just. I mean, I think whenever my kids ask me what they'll say, "What's your favorite movie?" Because I get asked all the time. Mm-hmm. That's always what normally comes out. You just do A plus then. I'm going to do an A+. Plus. This, is, this is Nacho Libre. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. Okay, yeah. If Nacho Libre got an A+, plus, I'll have to give this one an A+. Plus <laughs> for, other, for different reasons, right? Just, did yeah. You, did you watch it with your kids? <laughs> no. 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 Not yet. Not yet. We will. They asked, Ames was, we were, because we watched um, Princess Bride. But he saw that and he was like, Shh. he just had a hard time saying it at first. He was like, Shaw Hank. Shaw Hank. Shaw Hank. Yeah. It's like, can we watch this one? I was like, yeah. someday we will and it'll be right. enjoyable. But it is definitely for mature audiences. Just yeah, some of the language. Yeah, the language. There's some adult mi- themes. Adult themes, yeah. And Prison the, adult themes. And the obscene things, you know it's happening, but it's off scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could have. Took great license with his wife cheating on him. Right. And that was pretty And tame. the sisters. Yep. And all the yep. things they did. Yeah. Yep. And it was well done that way. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it is still mature. Mm-hmm. And even, we've talked about it before, the, like, the use of language. Like, oh no, there's cussing in it. And even the use of, you know, swear words here, like, it fits. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's. I'm not, of course, approving of Captain Hadley's use of language, but in the context, like that, it's fitting that they talk they talk that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You don't. It's sort of like when you read in the Bible and you're reading the Book of Judges, 
and you you skip over the scene of the the Levite and his concubine because you don't want to like come across as unseemly. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, no, it, it really happened. Yeah, right. People actually live this way and talk this way and do these things. And, yep. And there's a way to tell the story to convey that. Yeah, they're not glorifying the character. Not at all. Yeah, it's it's helping you understand who these guards were, who these yeah. you know, these men are. Yeah, and when you watch it, you don't want to be them. Right. You want to be Andy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I, the only time that Andy got frustrated in the movie, uh, aside from his, finding out that he could prove his innocence, right, uh, was when the Rita Hayworth poster was going to take, what do you say, three weeks? Yeah. And he's like, three weeks? Because, you know, he found out that he could dig in the wall. Yeah. And as soon as he had a taste of freedom, <laughs> that was the only time he got frustrated was when he had to wait yeah. uh, for the poster. But he also had 25 years to wait to get through the wall. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to be Andy in the film. So, yeah, just wait. If you're going to watch it with your kids, wait until they're mature enough to handle that kind of content. So. Anything, oh, I got to give it my review. Uh, 9.75 just good that's yeah that's a good score yep anything else you guys want to say no no we could save our reformation of the justice system for our open wine oh right yeah 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 that's right there was a couple points uh... right along with our uh, legalization of drug use <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we look forward for you tuning in next week. Proverbs 25.2 It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. Thank you for listening to the Stories for Glory podcast, where the glory of God is revealed in the stories of man. If you're interested in what we are doing, subscribe and share. If you'd like to contribute with your questions or recommendations, you can email us at storiesforglory at protonmail.com.